This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535 and Golden Earring and Rock 102. Oh my God, I think I just saw the tease of all teasers. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a story on 22 because they just showed uh, a picture of Jay Leno that said he's coming to MGM. Oh, my God. Yeah. Imagine that. That's uh, That'll be a hell of a show. Uh, it'll be a show. Well, listen, there are a lot of people who love Jay Leno. He is a good stand-up. He just, uh, you know, compared to, like, Letterman, not that great of a talk show host. Uh, and his stand-up stuff uh, never really did much for me. Well, it got him a big gig. It got him a gig. So, uh... That's going on. Yeah. Probably a couple other things, too, throughout the uh, the morning as well. Can't imagine what. Yeah, we'll get through it. It's 536 on Rock 102. Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 and the James Gang on Rock 102. So today's going to be uh, pretty, pretty nice, I believe. Let me uh, just look that up again because uh, I wrote it earlier. Uh, yeah, well, sun and clouds in the morning, clouds in the afternoon, but no rain. No rain. That that will be uh, tomorrow. Highs oh, both days of seventy five. It's fifty two in downtown Springfield. Good because we could uh, we could use the rain. Yeah, not really. Hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood trash with yeah. Steve and Nathan the Rock? So uh, there were quite a few movie references on Seinfeld, and probably a lot more than you noticed. Someone put together a supercut with more than eleven minutes worth of them. The video actually puts movie scenes side by side with their Seinfeld parodies. Now, did, I did, did you uh, get this in an email? No, this is uh, this is on our uh, Hollywood sheet. Thing huh? Because for... somebody sent me an email of it. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Did you watch it? No, no, not yet. So uh, the one oh, thing you should I mean, never open up an attachment in your email. No, I, I I thought about that too. The films include The Fugitive, A Streetcar Named Desire, Scent of a Woman. Hoo-ah! Yeah, Elaine did that in the uh, Soup Nazi line. (laughs) Elephant Man, Three Days of the Condor, Apocalypse Now, Thelma and Louise. Elephant Man was uh, Kramer saying, don't look at me with the uh, cigarettes. Yes, don't look at me, I'm hideous. Yeah. Uh, Taxi Driver, uh, Marathon Man, The Graduate, Midnight Cowboy, Basic Instinct, and JFK, just to name a few. JFK was the whole uh, Keith Hernandez thing. Yes. That is one magic loogie. I loathe Keith Hernandez. Yeah. Uh, but the basic instinct scene, I forgot about that Wayne Knight yep. was actually in basic instinct right. doing that scene, <laughs> and they're putting the scene side by side. But in, in, in the episode, it's him questioning Jerry about his damaged stereo. Right. Yep. And he's the one under he's, the lights. He's the one though, sweating. <laughs> and he's like, getting pretty hot under these lights. Yeah. Uh, hey, Seinfeld? And Jerry's got a Coke in his hand. Actually, I'm pretty comfortable. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> drinking a Coke while uh, while uh, Newman sweats. But uh, it's it's very well done. Uh, I'll, I'll post it on our uh, Bax and O'Brien Facebook page. The other one I remember was uh, the neighbor who had the parrot. And uh, Kramer hid a key. His uh, lockbox key in the parrot's cage, mm-hmm. and he had to go in and get it. Uh, but the parrot had died because it ate the key. Uh, the parrot's name was Fredo. Fredo. And then uh, Kramer goes, well, Fredo was weak and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but what movie was that from? Uh, I believe that was from uh, The Love Bug. Oh, I'm sorry. You're wrong. Mm. Next player, Steve. Uh, s- 
I'm moving on to another uh, the Godfather. story. Godfather. I'm, I'm, yeah. I know, but I'm trying to move on to another oh, story. Oh, hey, anyway, listen, you know, you know, what's the next yeah, story? You, you didn't Speaking have to of, correct yourself. I think we all understood. Speaking of videos, Tom Selleck is always reassuring grandma and grandpa that a reverse mortgage is not a scam to take their home. But in a new video, he's finally admitting that's exactly what it is. Okay, he really didn't admit it. But someone edited, edited together clips from sev- several of those ads, so it sounds like Tom is after the family homestead. And he uh, he also pulls a gun towards the end of the clip. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you know, Tom Selleck wiped me out. The video is called Give Me Your House, and it's pretty pretty funny. It starts out with Tom saying, a reverse mortgage loan isn't some kind of trick to take your home. It's a trick to take your home just like any other. <laughs> <laughs> somebody think, doctored that, right? Somebody doctored yeah. that, yeah. That's funny. It is pretty funny. Yeah, very funny. Uh Kevin Bacon's wife, Kira Sedgwick. Kevin Bacon's 63. His wife is 56. They've been married since 1988, and apparently they're still keeping things hot and sticky. Kevin posted a picture of Kira's thong, which is bedazzled with I Heart KB on the band. He said, uh, sometimes doing laundry can be full of fun and uh, surprises. Yes, laundry. And Kira replied, quote, thanks for airing my dirty laundry. Boy, that radio company's into everything, huh? <laughs> now underwear? Well, I heart KB. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's it. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if they're losing money on that one, too. Mm-hmm. She's a, She was good looking, you know, 20 years ago. Well, she was good looking on uh, The Closer, which See, I was probably found, 10 years ago. I always found that it'd be kind of a two-face. Yeah, she could be. You know, like there are some times mm-hmm. when she looks uh, very good, mm-hmm. and then there are some times when that mouth is so large, you mm-hmm. think it could swallow a car. Yamahama. Yeah. Oh, bad lighting on the porch. Yeah. Ben Affleck says he's in awe of the effect Jennifer Lopez has on the world. Quote, Jennifer has inspired a massive group of people to feel that they have a seat at the table in this country. And I'm banging her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the dude <laughs> and no one, yeah. no one notices me anymore. Uh, that's yeah. okay. That's yeah. all right. I'm still banging her. No one is inspired. No massive group is inspired by Ben Affleck to have a seat at the table in no, this country. No, not one. Mm-mm. Well, uh, maybe Matt Damon. Even Matt Damon has got uh, second thoughts. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's son was a zombie on Sunday's episode of The Walking Dead. Jeffrey shared photos from the set and uh, thanked the show and Greg Nicotero for, quote, to making a dream come true. It was a damn hoot. His son. Yeah. This is Negan. Right. Uh, his son played a zombie. Right. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, actors who plays zombies on that show. And I don't think being a zombie on a zombie-ridden program is really the uh, the big deal of a lifetime you think it might be. No, yeah. it's probably not. I'm sure he was paid union scale to do it. But yeah. nevertheless, isn't it nice that there's so many connections? Uh, you know, we had Machine Gun Kelly here over the weekend in, uh, in West in, Springfield. Oh, in West he, Springfield, yeah. yeah. Not in the studio. Mm. No, God, no, he wouldn't even... The foot near this place. Anyway, Machine Gun Kelly and Corey Taylor are not friends since Corey threw shade earlier this year, saying, quote, I hate the artists who failed in one genre and decided to go to rock. Well, on Sunday, Machine Gun Kelly said, quote, You want to know what I'm really happy about not doing? Being 50 years old and wearing an effing weird mask on the effing stage. Dummies. What, what, is, uh, what is throwing shade? It means to be, like, uh, insulting uh, somebody. Throwing shade. Hmm. That's it's an interesting a, it's, it's term. The, it's the way the kids talk these days. I guess so. Yeah. 
Uh, remember when Eric Clapton said he wouldn't perform where there's a, quote, <laughs> discriminated audience present? Yeah, I saw this uh, headline this morning. Well, he did anyways, because on Saturday he played in New Orleans where a vaccination or negative result was required. Said he'd never do it. Yeah. I'm never. I'm not going to play any venues where you have to wear a, a mask or, or prove your vaccine status. Unless I'm yeah. contractually obligated to do so. And I need the money. How could we know that promises end? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, listen to you. Yeah, oh, Leah, with, yeah. the, uh, with the obscure Eric Clapton reference. Yeah. Rolling Stone checked out Morgan Wallen's claim that he donated $500,000 to black music organizations. That's how you know he's not racist, because he donated money to a black music organization. I'm convinced. They could only confirm that he gave $165,000 to the Black Music Action Coalition. However, his record label came forward and said, oh, no, no, we were the ones that donated the 500000 oh, on his yeah. behalf. Well, But still on his behalf. Still donated 100000 of his own. Yeah, but you can't say you personally donated five hundred thousand when you didn't. Yeah, I you know. Can't, you can't take credit if something if somebody does something on your behalf. Apparently not. Because if it weren't for you, they wouldn't have done it at all. Mm-hmm. That's true. I uh, donated six bucks to the Human Fund in your name, both of you. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's money, yeah, right. for pe- money for people. Mm. And that's your Hollywood trash on Rock One Hundred Two. Ah, oh, yeah. Life has changed since COVID nineteen. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, I don't know if any of you people have been keeping track of the time like I do, but the Red Sox are about to finish their regular season in about two weeks. They got the Mets tonight and tomorrow. They got three games at home this weekend against the Yankees, and then they close out their regular season on the road against Baltimore and then the Nationals, and that's it. Then the regular season is done. Now, if you had to ask me three weeks ago where they thought the Red Sox had a chance of making the playoffs, I would have laughed in your smug little face for asking such a ridiculous question. But as it turns out, if the season ended today, which it is not, they would be facing somebody else in a one-game playoff, most likely Toronto. And while that sounds terribly exciting, I can assure you that we ain't there yet. You see, there are four teams looking for two wildcard spots. There's us with a record of 86 wins and 65 losses. There's Toronto with 84 wins and 66 losses. There's the Yankees with 84 wins and 67 losses. And then there's Oakland with 82 wins and 68 losses. Now, do you see what's going on here? You have four teams all separated within four games of each other. The Red Sox still have 11 games left to play. Three of them are against the Yankees who are only two games behind the Red Sox in the wild card standings, and Toronto are only a game and a half behind the Red Sox. Granted, the Red Sox have won five games in a row, but the problem with the five-game winning streak is that at some point, it's going to end, and it would be my preference for that losing the streak to end when it no longer has an impact on the wild card standings. Am I asking for too much? I mean... Baltimore and the Nationals have already fallen way out of playoff contention, but the Mets and the Yankees, I'm not really comfortable with either one of those situations. Nevertheless, the bottom line is this. The next two weeks may be the most important two weeks the Red Sox have faced all season, and while some of you might be done with baseball, this is a critical time because if the Red Sox can't weasel their way into the playoffs, then it'll be somebody else's job to get blown out in the World Series. And I happen to prefer that if anyone's going to get crushed in a seven-game series, that it be us instead. But hey, enough of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Take care of your tools. 
Get a Craftsman 5-drawer rolling toolbox on sale at Rockies for 160 bucks, and get a 63-piece Craftsman mechanic, Mechanics tool set free. Step up your tool game at Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rockets, 611, and Joan Jett on Rock 102. I'm, I'm still... I'm still watching this uh, Seinfeld movie video. Yeah, one of the one of the cool things Steve mentioned that um, it was Newman who was in Basic Instinct, and he was obviously also in the um, in the Seinfeld role uh, where they were using the same scene during uh, during uh, an interrogation. It was also. Um, it was also Wayne Knight in um, JFK when they were reenacting the shooting. Wayne Knight played the role of John Connolly sitting in the seat in the front seat in front of JFK. He actually did two of them. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Well, he actually had a career before Seinfeld. Uh, he hasn't had one much since. No, not yet. But right. before Seinfeld, he was doing pretty good. Seinfeld kind of destroyed him, and I forget what movie it was because a lot of this, uh, a lot of this video is visual, and uh, you have to watch it. And I forget which Clint Eastwood movie it was. It might have been a Dirty Harry, but I'm not sure. Where remember the whole scene where uh, uh, the cable guy is chasing Kramer over the rooftops and across Central Park? And <laughs> yes, all that stuff. That was a that was a scene from a Clint Eastwood movie where he's doing basically the same thing: climbing a fence, jumping from a rooftop to an, another rooftop, and then the guy gets away, and then uh, uh, Clint Eastwood yells, "I'll get you!" <laughs> Just like the cable guy did. It's actually oh oh yeah. The other real one was Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley was in the movie Absence of Malice, and uh, he was doing an interrogation. Just like he had been with Kramer when they found out Kramer was uh, was <laughs> didn't want his mail anymore. Right. <laughs> so the actual actors, in some cases, were used on Seinfeld. Well, was the um, I'm trying to uh, I'm 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 blanking. Wasn't that dance outside the courthouse also f- taken from another movie? Oh, because the killer struck again. Yeah, I don't. I I'm trying don't to remember, remember that. if that. I, I I seem to recall that being from something else. After uh, after they found out the serial killer had killed someone else. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah this is a, it, it's actually pretty funny how uh, in some of them uh, actual the verbatim verbatim words, and then others were kind of like, you know, obviously they were making reference, but right. they didn't use the exact words. Well, you did figure out how to send this video to me, uh, so I mean, yeah. I have it. I don't know if it's, if, if you can play it and it makes sense. Yeah, that's just it. I, there's uh, Most of it does. Most of it does, uh, although you may not recognize the movie because the name of the movie is simply written on the screen. And then there's a lot of others that are, are really visual. You have to see them... Hmm. Uh, in order to really appreciate them, so I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Well, I'm glad we. It's eleven scr- minutes to kill. I'm so what we, the hell? I'm glad we scrambled to get to it. Yeah, yeah. You're not feeling comfortable doing it. Why not? All right. Well, okay. So here it starts. The magic bullet enters the president. This is from JFK of 1991. degrees. Then you say you were struck <laughs> on the right temple. The bullet then heads downward at an angle of 27 degrees, shattering Conley's fifth rib. 
and exiting from the right side of his chest. The spit then proceeds to ricochet off the temple, striking Newman between the third and the fourth rib. The bullet then turns right and re-enters Conley's body at his right wrist. The spit then came off the rib, made a right turn, hitting Newman in the right wrist. Where it waits 1.6 seconds, presumably in midair. The spit then splashed off the wrist, pauses in midair, mind you. Makes a dramatic U-turn and buries itself into Conley's left thigh. Makes a left turn and lands on Newman's left thigh. That's some bullet. That is one magic loogie. <laughs> you being intimately involved with the assassinations of two presidents. So this is from in the line of fire with Clint Eastwood. Oh, that's right. Um, hang on just a second, wait. I got something on the stove. Could you hold on for a second? I've got something on the stove. <laughs> and then there's the chase. The whole, the whole cable guy chase. Over the fence. <laughs> Jumping to another rooftop. Now, the cable guy's about 400 pounds. Yeah. So that's... Yeah. And jumping over the roof. <laughs> they both I'll land at the you. same time. I'll get you, Kramer. I'll get you! <laughs> and Tommy Lee Jones and the Fugitive. I'll get you! I'll get you! <laughs> oh, I'm ahead of you. Yeah, you're way ahead. Uh, what I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or dog house in that area. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a hard target search of every drugstore, general store, health store, grocery store, and a 25-block radius. That's her looking for sponges. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop him. Oh, Marathon Man. <laughs> when Kramer... I can't remember what he was carrying. <laughs> it's like a printer or something, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. There's a whole group of uh, German tourists on a bus that saw him. You're in trouble, Kramer. I shouldn't even be talking to you, but I'm telling you as a friend. Here's how it's going to happen. It would happen this way. Maybe walking. Maybe on a crisp autumn day, just like today. You may be walking. Maybe the first three, three days, days of the condor. <laughs> when a mail truck will slow beside you and the door will open. And the car will slow beside you. <laughs> The door will open. And a mailman you know, maybe even trust. And someone you know, maybe even trust. <laughs> will offer to give you a lift. He will leave open the door of the car and offer to give you a lift. Then let me ask you this. There's uh, no smoking in this building, Mr. Mel. Don't you find it interesting that your friend had the foresight to purchase postal insurance this for your stereo? This is the basic instinct one. Huh? I mean, out. parcels are rarely damaged during shipping. <laughs> Define rarely. Frequently. <laughs> Are we about through here, Newman? It's pretty hot under these lights, huh, Seinfeld? <laughs> pretty hot. Actually, I'm quite comfortable. <laughs> I have a sip. Yeah. <laughs> Godfather 2. <laughs> In my bedroom where my wife sleeps. Where my children come and play with their toys. My home, Elaine. <laughs> where I sleep, where I come to play with my toys. 
<laughs> this is the first Godfather. <laughs> and then it was the FBI at Jerry's apartment because they found out he was uh, pirating HBO. <laughs> Look how they massacred my boy. Look what they did to my boy. <laughs> they massacred my boy. Just when I thought I was out. Godfather Mothering. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> yeah, then this is kind of a visual one. Yeah, they had to kind of see this one. Oh, the Godfather. When the door closes on and, the... Uh, the other one right. was Kramer being pulled into an apartment somewhere. All right, so this is Apocalypse Now, and I think yeah. this is the reverse episode, right? No, this is uh, Elaine is being brought in to see Mr. Peterman. Oh, right, right, right. In uh, Myanmar. You know it as... Um, uh, Burma. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Peterman. Are you an assassin? I, I work for your mail order catalog. And then Pulp Fiction. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. What is this guy again? They call him a cleaner. <laughs> he makes problems go away. If I'm Kurt with you, it's because time is a factor. If I'm Kurt, then I apologize. <laughs> but as I understand it, we have a situation here. And time is of the essence. Who are you? <laughs> this is with Wilford Brimley, the absolute <laughs> malice. Call me Henry. An the elephant man. I am not an animal. <laughs> <laughs> the dingo took my baby. What? The dingo ate your baby. Cry <laughs> in the dark. What? I think that's Sigourney Weaver who couldn't find her fiance. Small sticks in uh, George's old bedroom. Hey, 
Ten dollars. I don't, don't care. Here. What does it mean? Broadway to any room. Twenty. 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 Forty. What does it mean, you know? It means nothing. This must be what it's like for blind people to listen to the radio. Yeah, I'm sure it is. You want to show you what I care about money? Yeah, look, hey, look at this. Here's a dollar. There. That's how much I care about money. You think I care about money? That's how much I care about money. I'm standing in line outside Pagliacci. One spot, two spot, zigzag, tear, pop, die, penny, got penny, and tear. I never knew this was a Marx Brothers thing. It's a Marx Brothers thing. Stop anything that moves. A magnum. I use that in Africa for killing elephants. What is this? It's only used in the circus. It's for elephants. It's good. <laughs> used to be big. The showerhead salesman. I am big. It's the picture that got small. You were big. I'm still big. It's the bootlegs that got small. <laughs> the graduate. You're not Valerie. I'm her stepmother. Drive. It's taken me 13 years to climb up to the top of that speed dial, and I don't intend to lose my spot to you. <laughs> but I never... You just stay away from that phone. <laughs> they don't have the audio, though, from uh, no, Mrs. Robinson. It, it, I think there are some that can get away with the audio, some they can't. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's 624 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. W-A-Q-Y. Um... It's 627 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Yeah, we went out of that video actually at the right time because uh, most of the rest of it was all visual. Uh, there was like a minute-long scene of uh, Richard Nixon and, and his wife leaving the White House uh, on that last day going to the helicopter, and uh, Jerry and his parents, after his father had been thrown out of Del Boca Vista for trying to fix the election... <laughs> And at the end, the father, Jerry's father, turns to the crowd and, you know, this big one-armed wave. With the victory and sign? And victory sign. <laughs> <laughs> and, then there was, uh, and then there was a scene of uh, uh, Thelma and Louise, and it was Kramer and uh, the other guy, uh, the car salesman, who were driving off, you know, holding hands and screaming. And then the final thing was um, Humphrey Bogart from uh, Casablanca. Saying we'll always have Paris, and Jerry was talking about when he was dating Courtney Cox, and she was doing all her dry cleaning on his tab, and he said we'll always have pancakes. <laughs> tell me, tell me what's fun. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor on Rock 102. Oh my God, that is. Hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. So a guy walks into a restaurant, right? Yes. And he seats himself, and uh, after a few minutes, the waitress comes over to take his order, and what would you like to drink, she asks. And the man says he'd like a coffee. So the waitress promptly returns with a cup of coffee, but spills it on the man's lap when she gets to the table. Mm. And she goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he, and he says, he says, as he's wiping his pants with a napkin, he says, that, that's okay, but uh, just tell me, was this regular or decaf? And she goes, uh, regular. And he goes, oh, great. Now this thing is going to be up all night. You <laughs> 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 see, he was rubbing his crotch that's trying to get the coffee <laughs> off his pants. <laughs> 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 
Bax. With Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A man who was struck by a vehicle downtown Springfield Saturday night has died. The pedestrian, whose name has not been released, was taken to base state by ambulance after being hit at about 8.05 p.m. near 1300 Main Street. He later died of his injuries, according to Ryan Walsh. The driver was not on the scene when police arrived. Investigators have identified, have since identified the car involved in the hit-and-run crash. The department's traffic unit is continuing to investigate that crash. That was pretty much right in <laughs> front of the Mass Mutual Center. Mm-hmm. I mean, when they say, you know, 1300 Main Street, people, most people would not know where that is unless you looked it up. But when they were showing video earlier this morning, it looked like it was directly in front of the Mass Mutual Center. Mm. Right. A uh, large tree limb came crashing down on cars, stopped at a red light in Springfield yesterday afternoon. Crews were called to the area of 796 Carew Street after a tree limb came down, causing its extensive damage to multiple vehicles at a red light. That's right in front of a gas station. I know most people wouldn't know where (laughs) that is on Carew Street. I believe that's a Cumberland uh, Farm. So this is one of your, uh, that's the idiot savant thing that you have where you know exact uh, addresses throughout the city of Springfield. No, no, I just watched the video on 22. That's all. and that video, I mean, I, I, first of all, I can't imagine how the person in the front car didn't die. Mm-hmm. Um, it was two vehicles that it basically hit, but the front vehicle, it absolutely crushed the roof and the windshield. Um, and, and the driver is very, very lucky to have survived that. Yeah. I can I mean, imagine there, you're just, you're just sitting there at the light. And then, boom, all of a sudden a tree branch falls on you. And it's over your head. And if you don't have a sunroof, there's no way to see it. You have no idea it's coming. No. And if you have a sunroof, that's even more dangerous. Yeah. Because then you're going to get pieces of glass on your head. Because then you got a tree roof. Oh, you do. Love a tree roof. And that's just one more thing for them to fix. There's actually, I always think about this. And these vehicles were stopped at the red light. And it just obviously happened to be bad timing. Although, again, good luck for the driver in the first car, but um, I always think about it when I'm driving down Converse. If you're driving down Converse... Wait, what street number? uh, Think about it this way. When you're going westbound on Converse, because it's not over the eastbound lane, but the westbound lane, there is a tree branch on on a tree, on a tree belt in front of a home that it's old, Mm -hmm. it's kind of old, and it's way out over that westbound lane. I know what you're talking about. And every winter, when it snows and yeah. it's that sticky, heavy snow, I always imagine that thing coming down on 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 me. Hey, eventually, it will. Maybe not on you, but yeah. it'll eventually come down. I don't know why they don't cut it down. Um, the town could certainly <laughs> go out there and cut it back as far as the property line goes. We don't want to ruin our beautiful view here in Long. Yes. Well, well how, how big is the tree? It's pretty. It's a pretty big tree. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't cut down the whole tree, and that would be the homeowner's responsibility anyway. But the part that goes out over the road, mm. that's the town's responsibility. Yeah, but again, aesthetics are more important than safety uh, when you're talking about the town of Longmill. I, I know, but I don't know how aesthetic that uh, actually looks. In fact, I don't know. For some mm. reason, I'm only envisioning it in the winter when mm. the tree is bare. I don't know if right now... It's full of leaves, or well, if that's a dead branch. Well, when a bunch of uh, Bentleys and Lamborghinis are being crushed by giant branches, uh, yeah. I think uh, you have to maybe you know, put aesthetics aside temporarily. I paid uh, to have my tree cut back uh, last week because I wasn't smart enough to know that you shouldn't really have a tree branch touching the roof of your house because it's a it's a bridge for varmints. You didn't know that? 
Not re- not really. Well, yes, but also if the branch is close enough to the house anyway, the the squirrel can jump on the roof. Yeah, it's not like- yeah. Well, it's not now. I mean, they yeah. cut it back far enough that uh, you'd have to be there. Have to be a suicidal squirrel. Sir, yeah. so, yeah, 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 squirrels, varmints, rodents, and bugs. Never mind. Uh, the rodents, it's the bugs that wind up really screwing up your whole house. Well, they wouldn't be able to reach now. It's all I, cut back. I just had one cut down in my front yard the other day. A tree. Those guys make a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, but you know what? I'm watching the guy do it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to do that. Work. No, no, That no, no. guy was up in the, he's up, he's like climbing the tree. He's uh, climbing like, the tree? Yeah. Where do you learn to climb like that? Pacific, Pacific Northwest. Northwest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he went up that tree like a ring-tailed lemur. I mean, he had two other guys with him, but they were on the ground doing, like, you know, loading the stuff into the truck. Right. The and easy it, stuff. I don't even think it's easy. I wouldn't uh, necessarily I, say it was easy. But. There's, a, there's a guy on my street had a big damn tree taken down yeah. the, uh, last week. And it had and there were, like, four trucks to do it, including, mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah. a chipper. Uh, you know, and then they removed all the wood. Guy didn't keep the wood. Just had it all removed. Yeah, it's a, it's a. No wonder they'll uh, charge you like up to two grand to remove something like that. Um, it, but it needed to be taken out because I noticed that there were big branches falling off of it. Yeah. It's right in front of this fire pit area, and I didn't want anybody sitting underneath it yeah. and then having the branch come down. And uh, you know, he said to me the other day, "It's a good thing you took this down because he's showing me all the hollowed out branches. Yeah, like this was going to be next." I have a tree in my backyard, talking about hollowed out. It has a hole in the side of it, mm-hmm. like the size of a bowling ball. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, you think about it, uh, even those people sitting in those cars yesterday. I mean, what are the odds? You know, that light goes red every minute and a half. Somebody is sitting there not moving. What are the odds you happen to be the person who's sitting there when that yeah. tree branch comes down? It's a million to one shot. That's the way I look at it with this tree that I know I should be taking down. Because I think to myself, what are the odds it's going to hit me? Because really, the only person who ever goes in my backyard is me when I'm mowing the lawn. I'm praying that Mother Nature takes this thing down onto my house so that I have a homeowner's claim. Yeah, you don't want that either. It's a hell of a lot better than paying a tree guy $1,000 to remove it. Yeah, that's that's what you think. You still got a deductible on your insurance. Plus, it may take months before someone can come around to fix your house. We well, talked about that home insurance thing yesterday and how it's uh, not very good. I don't process. mind living in the trailer on my front yard. That's if they provide it. Yeah, that's it. this. You're uh, a tent. You're a at tent the mercy of the insurance company. No, I, I know that. I know that. But uh, you know, I mean, I'm not going to pay all that money to have the tree taken down. I'm just going to hope that Mother Nature. Uh, it will cost you. <laughs> long, it, I know you have a hard time with like you know, yep. you, you, uh, yep. up upfront costs for long term savings, <laughs> yep, but can't it will. Do it cost you less to remove the tree than it will be to inconvenience yourself because there's house damage. Well, we'll see. The 22 News crew was on the scene yesterday when they were removing the vehicles. Mm-hmm. And what did they see? Oh, they saw lots of stuff. Oh my God, it was like crazy. We saw heavy machinery that they used to pick up the tree parts from the road and off of the car. <laughs> and then they had a chainsaw and they were <laughs> they were cutting it all up and they were just crazy. <laughs> That's what they saw. Well, that's uh, that's their witnesses. It is kind of interesting, though, how um, I, I don't know. I, I think that was a tree service. I don't think it was a DPW crew. You know, when you have a, you have an accident that, that obviously involves a tree, 
you can't just uh, call a tow truck. I mean, obviously, they had to call a tow truck for the cars as well. But, you know, when you have to clean up an accident scene like that so you can get the traffic flowing again, particularly on a busy road like Carew Street, you know, you got to – I don't know whether or not they had an emergency uh, tree crew come in or if, in fact, that was a DPW crew. I'm not sure. But it would be pretty wild if all of a sudden, you know, you own a tree-cutting company – <clears throat> and the city calls you to say, hey, we need you on an emergency basis. Oh, yeah? What are you going to pay us? See, because that's when yeah. they really can yeah, jack they'll, up they'll, the price. They, they can stick you for that one. Yeah. Uh, students in Boston rode a party bus complete with a stripper pole and neon lights on a field trip due to the ongoing national school bus driver shortage. All right. Lucky little bastards. 11th grade AP language and composition teacher at the Brook Charter School in Boston, Jim Mayers, tweeted about the experience on September 17th. It's a funny story, but there actually is a real bus shortage, and it speaks to major flaws in our education system. This is in no way a reflection of anyone involved in planning the trip. We were trying to have a fun day with the kids, and that's exactly what happened. Of course it is. You gave them stripper poles, yeah. and they had a blast. And when you promise hundreds of kids a fun day with their advisories, mm-hmm. you make it happen, baby. Yeah! The uh, CEO of the bus company said, uh, school bus drivers don't grow on trees. <laughs> no, they no, don't. They don't they swing don't. on poles either. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> Although, imagine if they did. I mean, you know, uh, there is a school bus driver shortage. There's not necessarily a school bus shortage. No, they've got plenty of buses. Right. That's why we're having the National Guard drive these things. Exactly. So uh, So I don't think you really need a bus with stripper poles in it. You just need a driver to drive a school bus. I would think there'd be National Guardsmen all over the country that would volunteer for that detail. I don't think they've been activated yet. Uh, in Massachusetts, but um, I know they're doing it in other states, and they are planning to do it in the. Actually, they're going to do it in Holyoke. There's yeah, like no, there's three do- other cities out around Boston, and then there's Holyoke. Yeah, no, the the, the governor already uh, already got this thing uh, moving, but uh, yeah, there's like nobody wants to be a bus driver anymore. No. Nobody wants. Nobody apparently wants the hassle of driving thirty screaming children to school. Well, well I don't even think it's thirty because. It, we were reading the article last week, and I don't know exactly what a 4D bus is, but it's not the big bus. It's kind of like, you know, what we referred to as the short bus when we were kids. Um, it's it's not the big one, but you still have to have a CDL license, and there's still a bus driver-specific course that they have to take, but apparently that's a very quick thing they can do. The bus driver course? Mm-hmm. Is that where you like ride a city bus down a runway and Tom Cruise comes riding up on a moped? No, with, it's uh, it, danger zone <laughs> playing in the background. No, it's where you where you drive yeah! up a you drive up an unfinished highway entrance ramp. <laughs> oh, and uh, you yeah. can't slow it below fifty five miles an hour. What do they, what do they call that? I uh, saw a movie like that. Yeah. Where the bus uh, couldn't go below fifty five, otherwise it would blow up. And yeah. it was speeding throughout the entire city, and it was speeding up highway ramps, and it was. Speeding down city streets. I can't remember yeah, the was, name of it. What was the name of that film? I think it was called The Bus That Couldn't Slow Down. <laughs> uh, Americans have a lot on their plate right now. There's a, the pandemic, the natural disasters seemingly everywhere, education, jobs, the endless Jeopardy hosting drama. It's been pretty rough. But there's one issue that gets overlooked. Rich kids' inheritances. 
In a new survey, 67% of millionaires say they wor they're worried about leaving too much money to their children. Well, then give it to me. Worried about leaving too much money to their children. Well, they don't I mean, want, maybe their kids aren't uh, responsible enough for that kind of cash. They don't want them blowing the money and having uh, the size and profile of the estate negatively affect them. They also don't want to make them lazy and think that there could be better uses for the money like charities. Or they think there could be better uses for the money. So I'm Still, so glad I'll never put my children in that position. One third of millionaires plan to leave at least half of their assets to an heir, while two thirds say they plan on leaving at least part of their estate to charity. Uh, the wealthiest 1% of Americans receive inheritance, inheritances worth an average of $719,000. The average? Yeah. Damn. While, while the bottom 50% get an average of 9700 I can get a nickel from when my father passed. Yeah, but did, did he have an estate that uh, was did he have worth a, money? No, he lived in a state. Did, did he have a will? Uh, he had a will to... <laughs> Never. <laughs> he had a will to dance. Yeah. Yes, yes. He had a will to dance. I got to drink the rest of the pop off after my yeah. dad died. Yeah, was, there you that go. was my inheritance. All right, that's inheritance. That, but in all fairness, that was a hell of a lot of leftover pop off. It really wasn't. Uh, I think he uh, he got down to the down and he. I told I told you he used to do. He used to put like tomato juice, and mm. he would put the vodka in the tomato juice and then put it in the refrigerator. So we'd have instant bloody marys because apparently, when you become a full blown alcoholic. It's too hard to mix those two a lot of work. at yeah. each time. Sure, and, why bother? Uh, yeah, and then we had to we had to tell several people not to drink the tomato juice in the refrigerator because it's not a breakfast food. <laughs> well, well, not that way. <laughs> well, it's not a breakfast food for that person. Well, it's still right. a refreshing drink. <laughs> it's but... a breakfast food for your father. That's true. Yeah. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, mostly sunny with a high of 74. Tomorrow, rain showers throughout the Pioneer Valley with a high of 75. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. September means fall. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 653 and Billy Squire on Rock 102. You know, I almost never remember uh, to watch nighttime football. And uh, last night, it just it popped into my head that, that Monday Night Football was on. It was probably 8.30 when I realized it. Uh, so I turned on ESPN. Well, the game started at 8.20. You didn't miss very much. No, not much at all. Uh, no, actually, I, I missed a little bit because it was 7 nothing. Uh, uh, the team playing against the Packers. Uh, Detroit. Detroit, that's right, Detroit. Uh, but there was a promo uh, that they ran that I thought was really, really well done. It was, uh, first it was being voiced over, and then all of a sudden somebody breaks in and goes, hey, Mr. Voiceover Guy, you know, everybody's allowed back in the, sta the stadiums now. So the guy basically leaves his studio, and he goes out, and they, you know, transpose him into all different stadiums around the country uh, because of uh, the COVID restrictions being over. And there, there's one point where uh, he asks a question, and they take the most uh, ornery, no response that I think Bill Belichick has ever given in a press conference. And it's it's a quick shot. It's like a second long of him asking this question and, and Belichick just going, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it, was, it was very well done. It was kind of cool. Uh, it, it's fun how people or places are promoting the return of near normalcy. Even though we're not yeah, really near yeah. normal. In fact, we're moving backwards. Uh, so uh, so here's a chance to get out uh, and uh, watch football in a, uh, in a, in a non-enclosed environment. Uh, football season continues in New England this Sunday 
with Coors Light and Rock 102. Steve Nagel will be at outside Tap Sports Bar at MGM from noon to 2 as New England takes on New Orleans. If the game's opening, kickoff is run back for a touchdown. Someone wins $5,000 plus lots of other prizes from Coors Light and Rock 102. It's uh, this Sunday at uh, outside Tap at MGM from Coors Light and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Now, they have those enormous TVs set out. Oh, yeah. Outside. Well, they had that giant screen right yeah. on the front of tap. Which, you know what? Not a bad place to no. watch a game. Especially in, uh, you know, late September. I mean, uh, you know, you get out there in uh, November, December, although they do have fire pits too. But um, it, right now, it won't be too bad. No. So, actually, it's a pretty safe place to uh, to watch the game and maybe win $5,000. You know, speaking of uh, being back to normal or, or COVID restrictions, so... The uh, U.N. General Assembly is meeting this week in, uh, in New York City. The uh, president of Brazil, uh, President Bolsonaro, is kind of like President Trump. He's a staunch anti-vaxxer, even though you know, Trump got vaccinated. This guy doesn't believe in it. He thinks the whole thing is a, is a, is a ruse. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, even though... Because uh, Bill de Blasio may be the mayor of New York City, but he has no jurisdiction over the U.N. General Assembly. So even though he was saying he didn't want Bolsonaro in New York, the truth is Bolsonaro was already in New York. And uh, But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be allowed everywhere in New York. And there, there's a picture of him. Uh, what is this website? Uh, Daily Beast. He, uh, Him and his uh, entourage went out for pizza, and the pizza shop owner wouldn't let them eat inside. So the president of Brazil and his bodyguards are standing out on the sidewalk eating slices of pizza. You know what? When you're, when you're strong enough as a, as a pizza shop owner to throw another country's president at you, well, look, I don't, you can have my pizza, but you got to take it out. Listen, you're just, you're just another customer to me. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty ballsy. It's 6.58 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. So, Rodriguez will start on the mound. Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? First, let me just say for the record how much I appreciate all of you who reached out to see if I was still breathing after last weekend's Green Bay Packer lost to New Orleans in week one of the NFL season. The wellness check was very much appreciated, but like so many other natural disasters, I was able to survive. Last night, however, the Packers came storming back as they ripped apart the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football 35-17 thanks to Aaron Rodgers throwing four touchdown passes, kind of like the old Aaron Rodgers used to do. Now, a couple of things. First of all, they were playing the Detroit Lions. Everybody beats the Detroit Lions. Why the NFL thought it would be a great idea to put the Lions on Monday Night Football in the second week of the season, I will never know. But that's not really what I want to focus on. Instead, I would like to talk about Green Bay Packer running back Aaron Jones. Jones, who had 17 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown, was playing in his first game at Lambeau since the death of his father back in April. During the game, Jones was wearing a football-shaped medallion around his neck that contained some of his father's ashes. Unfortunately, during all the hubbub of the game, Jones lost the medallion during the game, seemingly during his touchdown catch in the second quarter. And so far, the medallion has not yet been found. But you have to believe that Jones will be out there today looking for it. Now, not to be insensitive, 
But if I owned a priceless keepsake containing the remains of a loved one, the last place I would wear it would be on the field during a Monday night football game. I'm not much of a medallion guy, but I am sentimental enough to appreciate the need to memorialize somebody by encasing part of them in certain fashion accessories. But I have a job to do that requires running around, getting tackled, and breaking coverage that I'm likely to leave my medallions, trinkets, tchotchkes, and baubles neatly secured in a locker and away from harm. Yes, it's great the Packers won. But it also sucks that you'll be spending the rest of your day on your hands and knees looking for something wedged in the turf that's been stomped on by a bunch of triple extra large football players. Here's a suggestion. How about the next time we leave dad at home? But hey, and if I'm I yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. When you buy the DeWalt cordless driver impact driver on sale at Rocky's for 170 bucks, you get a DeWalt LED work light free. Rockies is the best place for power tools. Fact or opinion, it's both. Power tools available right now at your neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 708 and Jimi Hendrix on Rock 102. Sun and clouds in the morning and then clouds in the afternoon, but no rain with a high today of 75. Tomorrow the other way around, though. Cloudy with rain and a high of 75. 52 now in downtown Springfield. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit kind of uh, about Enfield here for a minute, but getting into it uh, in, in a different way. Um, I went to, uh, I went to uh, one of the car shows last night, one of the cruise nights, just to, just to, well, actually I was hoping to run into a former employee here. And as it turns out, she was there and I, and I was talking to her and uh, she's now working uh, down in Hartford and uh, at a, at a station that, as a kid, I grew up listening to. You okay. know, growing up in Enfield, this was the station uh, that there ever was. Who was uh, who was this person? Uh, it doesn't need to be said now. Uh, oh, I want to know. Well, I'm going to have to tell you off the air. So, um, well, I don't I, know if I want to wait that long. Christ's sake! So I'm. Uh, I used to. These guys had a uh, a live uh, mobile studio that they would take all over the place back in the 70s. I'm talking about. Sure. And I can remember when the when the Enfield Square first opened up, they had uh, a, a, a mobile broadcast there, and it was this guy who had even back then had been at the station probably for twenty years. And I wasn't a big fan. Everybody knew who he was. Um, he also had gone to Enfield High School many years before, mm-hmm. and he was bitching on the air about the Enfield police giving parking or giving uh, fire lane tickets to people who were stopping in front of the mall for whatever reason. Now, what's the name of this guy? Uh, you know, I was trying to decide whether I wanted to say his name or not. I, I guess it doesn't really matter because this is kind of sort of a tribute. Uh, Brad Davis was, uh, was the guy. Sure. And um, I, I was thinking about how long I've been here on the air. And that we're all thinking about that. Yeah, well, you know, uh, and for Rock 102, I believe I may be the longest on-air personality. But when I was reading this stuff last night about him, and also my first job in radio was at a station down in Hartford, and Bob Steele was, without a doubt, known throughout the U.S. He might have been known internationally. He had been doing mornings there for 40 years, 40 years before he finally retired 
and then I believe he passed away shortly after that. And and I knew even as a 17-year-old who would never listen a uh, 19-year-old rather <clears throat> who would never listen to this guy, I understood that I was basically working with radio royalty back in the back in the 70s. And then uh so I'm standing there in front of uh, Brad while he's uh, bitching about the Enfield police and I'm kind of shaking my head and he sees me right there in front of him and he invites me into the studio to ask why I'm shaking my head and I you know I told him my affiliation with the police and I thought he was being unfair and yada 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 so it it made me so dis- you were the kind of guy that we all hate oh yeah oh yeah at, at live remote yes sure sure um so then I I just I just started googling and uh I found out that um Brad had in fact because I didn't even know whether he was still working <clears throat> I know he's got to be near if not in his 80s and it it turns out he is he has retired he's uh, a former marine so he's now living in a a soldier's home down in uh down in connecticut and uh and and i'm realizing now you know 30 years here these two guys had 10 and 13 years on me right at one station and bob Steele had a career before he came to hartford so, I mean, I don't know how long he'd actually been on the radio for, but he'd been down at that one station in Hartford for 40 years. That's a long time to work in the same building. Yeah. And yeah. that was a nice building. <laughs> um, what are you talking about? We have some of the nicest Petri dishes in all of Western Massachusetts yeah. right now. Well, they were on the 16th floor, so thankfully it took a lot longer for the vermin to make their way up to that floor. But... uh but so then it kind of made me decide to, and I, and I know how stupid this sounds, but I think we've all done it. Um, Google myself and uh, <laughs> is really just a bunch of medical stories. Uh, you know, the heart surgery, the cancer, uh, that kind of stuff. Going right. out for the cancer, coming back from the cancer, going yeah, you, out for the heart surgery. You really played the cancer card up pretty hard. Oh well, hey, it took listen, that one to the rim pretty tough. It, tur- it certainly uh, was a it was a big boost for us. Um, so then, uh, then oh yeah, where I wanted this to lead to. Speaking of Enfield High, and we've talked about um, reunions in the past. Uh, apparently. In Enfield, we have gotten, I guess, and by when I say we, I mean collectively, gotten so tired of doing reunions, high school reunions, mm-hmm. that that we are now having one uh, this Saturday. First of all, it's at the American Legion, which, um, I mean, it's an it it's outdoors. Uh, so, so we'll, you know, social distancing will be will be taken into consideration, right? And it's not that I I don't even remember the last time I was inside the Enfield American Legion, but I I would just think that there would be other places in Enfield to be outside and socially distanced than here. Again, not that this is a bad place; it's just not what I would have thought as as the first place. But what they're also doing is it's a combination uh, reunion. Not just for what used to be two high schools, you know, Enfield High and Fermi High School. Right. But it's for anyone who graduated during the 70s and 80s. Well, you graduated in... 78. 78. So yeah. that's f- 43 years ago. Yeah. So that, that, would, yeah. that wouldn't be even a normal 
No, a reunion normal year time, you. you'd go 40 and 45, right? Yeah, right. Um, but but uh, it's like they've gotten, I guess, and, and granted, you know, they've now condensed uh, the town down to one high school, which is at Enfield High School. Fermi doesn't even exist anymore. So, uh, but to say, well, let's have a reunion for 20 years worth of graduates uh, that's kind of lazy. Well, yeah, it it, it is. Uh, it's unfocused. And I understand it's a pandemic. Uh, you know, I get that. And and I realize that if you had any one class in a pandemic, you might have been able to just use one table at the American Legion. Yeah. See, for this the doesn't, number of people who would show up. This doesn't sound to me like either your class is particularly organized or any class over there is particularly organized. Because, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I understand, listen, when you go to high school, you're not just going to people, uh, going to school with the people in your class. You're going with, you know, four years uh, on either side of you, you know, from like, you know, your freshman year to the seniors you went with yeah. uh, to the seniors to the freshman you went with. Yeah. So, let alone I mean, if you stayed back. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I was at a, uh, like a memorial service, like last, almost like 2019. And uh, it was like. It was nothing but high school kids, but they weren't all in my class. Mm-hmm. So, and that was kind of cool to see people that I would not normally have seen because, you know, you don't you don't go to the reunion before your class or no. after. You just go to the ones. You know, for me, it's just the class of '84. Well, I don't, don't want to hang out with them people all the time. We mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I had more people in my graduating class than you probably had in your entire high school. You know, of, of three grades. Uh, you know, we had. I think it was, was it 275 or 375? I can't remember how many were in my uh, in my graduating class, but yeah. obviously a town like Enfield that had two high schools. Yeah, but I had, I was in a regional school system, so my class was about 100 and, uh, yeah. 160 kids. See, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, had, I had classrooms but we that had, had 160 kids. But we had, you know, uh, it was a four-year high school. Yeah. And, yeah. again, it was like, you know, Dighton, Rehoboth, and Berkeley. Mm. So, you know, three towns – you made up the student body. Now, I I will say this, and I and I got to try to find the flyer because I uh, I don't remember who texted it to me so that I would know where to look for it. I do know that Johnny Six Gun is playing. Uh, I believe there are three bands. I think. Oh God, where would I find it? Um, I I think they I I don't want to say when it starts because I, I I think I might be wrong. But I can't think of who sent me the flyer so that I can look it back up again. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be this Saturday. It's like I said at the American Legion, and um, let's see. I texted my brother yesterday to see if he was going. Uh, maybe he has the flyer. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. so I, I, all right. Um, nope, he does not have the flyer. So yeah, it's uh, it's this Saturday. There's three bands. I can't remember who the other two are, but I do know it's uh, Johnny Six Gun. But you know, you talk about how organized they may or may not be. If you remember, uh, I believe it was my 10 year high school reunion that I never received an invitation because they couldn't find me. Right. It didn't know where to find me. Well, you kind of you kind of in the shadows. Yeah, you know? I'm about four and a half miles from the high school that I graduated from, 
that many years ago, yeah, but, you know, my, and they couldn't find me. It's weird because you know the, the people that I have met that went to high school with you, mm. and you know if I, for, for example, were to do like a work release in Enfield, and you're not there, then you know everyone's coming out and saying, "Oh, I went to high school with O'Brien." I think it's possible that people heard the name John O'Brien on the radio and didn't necessarily associate it with you. Uh. If they're comparing the 17-year-old John O'Brien to the however, you know, the 51-year-old John O'Brien. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't it might not have connected like well, that's him. Forty-one-year-old O'Brien. Yeah, I know, but never. Um, but you you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, I talked about Enfield and and that I grew up there very often. Yeah, but you're and, and but even you're making I graduated the, the high school. But you're making the assumption that people can stomach listen to the show. Well, but I don't I don't know where you're coming up with that idea. Someone somewhere did. So you know, I I don't know about that. I I, I think it was pretty. It should have been pretty clear to anybody I went to high school with. Yeah, uh, certainly the people who were sending out the invitations. Somebody might have said, hey, you know, there's a John O'Brien on the radio about four miles away from here. You think that's him? I don't know. Why don't we find out? See, two, nah, let's just say we couldn't find him. Two years ago, we were supposed to have our 35th. Mm. Now, the 30th and the 25th, I was uh, one of the organizers. And I didn't just, you know, like the, the 35th, eh, I couldn't be bothered. It's a lot of work. It's oh, a yeah. lot of work. Yeah. And, uh, and we didn't have one. So, you know, we're like uh, three years away from 40. Because I think it's uh, 37 years this year. Three years away from 40. I, I'm not sure I want to be the guy to, to run the show. Because when I tell you, even with social media, which does make it easier to find people, there's still a lot of people way off the grid that don't have any electronic uh, footprint at all. No email, no addresses. It's not like you can just look somebody up in a phone book anymore. It's none of that stuff. So when there are people who don't want to be found, they really do not want to be found. Yeah, when well, they don't want to be found. But, I mean, when they're just sitting there out in the open yeah. on the radio four miles away from the high school and you're saying you can't find them. Yes. that That's... There's no excuse for that. I I get that. I'm talking about yeah. I'm talking now. We're turning uh, the spotlight to me here. Okay. Uh. So I'm just saying that uh, you know I can kind of understand from a in, in a way why nobody in Enfield wants to take total control of doing a reunion for one class. Well, I also. Um if I remember correctly, I believe our class president passed away. Well, but and in fact, I think maybe the top three people might have passed away. So you know, our class president, uh, to his credit, decided many, many years ago, I don't want to be organizing parties every five years for the rest of my life. Well, maybe you should have thought about that before you ran for president. Well, I don't think he, Mr. Big Shot, thought about that when he ran for president at the age of seventeen, eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was. I don't think uh, that was his thing. Now he's a great guy. Everybody likes him. He's still around, still active, still doing. Uh, good stuff, married his high school sweetheart, but they don't want to run a party. And after doing it twice, I totally understand his point of Were view. Were they the king and the queen at the prom, too? We, you know, we didn't have a prom king and queen. You didn't have a prom We never king did and that. Queen. We never did that. We never did homecoming. We never had any of that stuff. Lots of stuff fell, in the, fell uh, into the cracks mm. in that high school. I, so we never had that stuff. I can't find anything, but then again, I'm only Googling. I, there might be something on Facebook, but I'll. That's another reason why they probably didn't find me. They probably were looking for all the graduates through Facebook. That's. And because I wasn't on Facebook, oh, well, we can't find John O'Brien. 
I mean, we think that's the same John O'Brien, yeah. but nobody really wants to go out of their, <laughs> out of their, their comfort level to reach out. Yeah, or can afford a stamp to go to another state. It's 723 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. You don't need it. Brian to Rock 102. You know what I also kind of feel? Like maybe one of the reasons why no one's organizing uh, you know, like a like a specified uh, reunion is that we're at an age now where we're just forgetting to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, I, um, I this like yesterday my uh, my wife borrowed the uh, you know took my car. She her car didn't have any gas. She used my car. She had to go do a couple things. She came back and she put the uh, the keys down on the table. And uh, aren't they our cars? Yeah, but you know she drives a car which she drives every day, and uh, I drive a car which I drive uh, every day. Okay. So I say, well, do we take your car or my car? It's like you know that's it's that how it works out. Anywho, uh, I this morning am trying to get ready for work. And I cannot find the keys. Oh, boy. I'm looking all over the place. I'm looking in the in, uh, in nearly every room in the house. Now I know that that she put the keys in a certain place, and I'm at the point where I'm thinking it's four in the clock in the morning. Do I wake her up and ask, "Hey, where did you put the keys?" I'm and I'm and I'm really debating whether I want to go down that road, right? So I'm thinking uh, I'm going to hope to God I don't have to do that. And then just as I'm about to say, I got no choice. I uh, I put my hand in my pocket, and I had just put my keys in my pocket. Completely forgot I had done that. You had just done it within minutes before. Probably 10 minutes before I started looking for my keys. Yeah. 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 Like, like, yeah okay. Uh, that was kind of stupid. And I'm uh, the first to admit, how did I forget that I put my keys in my pants? Imagine if you'd woke her up. I'd be dead by now. Mm-hmm. I would not have. Yeah. I probably would not have shown up to work. because she should only need one car. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. But I probably would not have been able to broadcasting from the uh, emergency room after she punched me in the mouth. Yeah. Well. And I don't blame her. I actually would have probably stuck my face out and say, okay, take your best shot. That's what happens when you're getting old. I know, man. You just you just forget the, the simplest, simplest things. And I still I still can't find the flyer. But, but looking at the Johnny Six-Gun website, um, I'm not sure either because- it says here, Enfield Fermi All-Class Reunion, Saturday the 25th, 6.30 to 10.30. I believe that's when Johnny Sixgun is playing. It doesn't. Uh, that's not the length and times of the, of the uh, reunion themselves. You know, it almost sounds like you're inviting everybody to go. This is, this is your reunion. Well, I might as well. I mean, Christ, it's for everybody who graduated from the 70s and 80s. What is it? A, what is this? A, a, a bar? You know, we play great rock, a radio station. We play great rock from the 70s and 80s. That, it's 20 years of graduates. But, but even, it's the American Legion, you said? Yeah. Even the American Legion's got uh, you, you got occupancy limits. Well, I don't know if you want to cram that place again, up. Again, it's outdoors. But if I graduated in uh, 1989 and there's uh, some kid there from from 1970, you know, I'm I'm well, a whole other generation. Yeah. Well, you're not going to hang out with those people, and they're not going to hang out with you. They're gonna, you're going to hang out with the people that you know. Yeah. Not the not the people who are the younger brothers and sisters of people you know. The children. Yes. The children of people. I. That's just it. You you could have graduates there whose children can be there. I know. That's crazy. crazy. 729. We have news next to Rock 102. It's 732 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month receives 60% off installation with no money down, no payments, and no interest for a full year. Visit yankeehomeimprovement.com and always use the keyword Rock 102.
There's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The cause of the deadly mobile home fire on Quail Drive in Chicopee was announced Monday. According to a news release from the Department of Fire Services, the fire was caused by improper disposal of smoking materials. Neighbors around the area of Quail Drive called the Chicopee Fire Department just after midnight on Thursday the 9th. Uh, firefighters arrived shortly, and upon learning that the only resident wasn't accounted for, into the residence where they found the 80-year-old victim deceased. The uh, fire department wants to remind you that uh, to dispose of your smoking materials properly. In fact, in fact, the article on Mass Live, the uh, fire chief uh, is saying that, uh, you know, you shouldn't be smoking anyway. I mean, it's not good for your health and uh, it stunts your growth and that kind of stuff. But, I mean, he's not using those words, but it's almost like he turned it into a PSA, an anti-smoking mm-hmm. PSA. Not just the fact that improper disposal could kill you, but uh, cigarettes are harmful. Well, I mean, you know, they see a lot of stuff. Oh, they, they, they see, see stuff, all right. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I watched this video the other day of this, like, first-person uh, video of a firefighter in a blaze. Mm-hmm. It was crazy, man. I wouldn't want to be doing that kind no. of stuff. You mean crazy? It was crazy! Yeah! <laughs> it wasn't the 22 News crew. <laughs> no. It was it was an actual firefighter. Uh, yeah, My desire to be place. a hero gets trumped by the idea of you know, walking into a dangerous burning building. That's At that point, I say, no, I don't need to be a hero that badly. There's a, um, I haven't had a chance to read it, but there's a big story on Mass Live about um, issues of communication with the uh, Worcester Fire Department. Uh, Broken is what it says in quotation marks. New report on Worcester Fire Department highlights dysfunctional communication as a key element in line of duty deaths. Um, And and I'm I'm looking forward to reading it, but that's... you know that that can be uh, an issue sometimes. I know it was a big it was a big issue on 9/11, where you didn't have the firefighters and the police on the same frequency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't speak to each other. Nine line of duty deaths in Worcester over the last 21 years. Yeah. Well, six of them were all in the One, same time. Yeah. Yeah. But still, yeah. You don't like to see any no. death at all. Nope. Uh, I don't. I don't know how you uh, you rectify that. The, the because aren't the, are they talking about having a shared signal like um, uh, like we can all go to this one? I, I think so. Yeah, you know, like uh, when you had your CB radio in your uh, mm-hmm. in your uh, Chevelle back sure. in the uh, back in the seventies, talking on uh, Breaker One Nine. Yeah, Breaker One Nine. Uh, ch- change over to two three. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll pick up our conversation there. You got years on. Get uh, Gumby and Predator. Have you seen them lately? <laughs> I wish we. I knew we were going down this road. I would have uh, played some C.W. McCall. I got uh, the CD in my in the office. Well, That's you still got some time uh, because uh, I remember my mother bought this car back in the nineties. It was a nineteen seventy eight uh, Lincoln Five. Ooh, oh, Mar- Mark Five. Totally choice. Mark, a Mark Five. Nice. Totally cherry. It was sky blue with Ooh. the white wall tires. Wow. Complete. With a eight-track uh, player and a CB radio. No kidding, oh, man! With the big antenna. Uh, with the big ass antenna. True. But it was like a mo- it was modern at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, CB radio. It was just a handheld, and it had the digital mark, the digital channel on it. You put your ping pong ball on the top of the antenna, so it wouldn't be confused with all the other uh, behemoths in that parking lot. No, no. No, we never did. Was that. your mom a CB uh, chick? No, she was not a CB chick. Yeah. Although 
Those were the chat rooms of the 70s. Yeah, exactly. That was the AOL chat room. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that hey. was a hell of a craze back in the 70s. Hey Every, everybody wanted to be a, a, a CB guy. Hey there, pretty lady. I'll be back to pick you up later. Yeah. See, that, that's yeah. Mr. Microphone. That's well, uh, that's different. Yeah, but it was the same concept. Sure. You think uh, that no, was, yeah, that's what Radar Love was all about. C- the CB was more about networking. Mr. Microphone in the car was more about harassment. The CB yeah. was like an audio Facebook. Yes. Yeah. But Mr. Microphone was more of like a like a sexual harassment tool. Yeah. I'll be back to pick you up later because that's what men do. We just pick up the women and take later. them away. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of uh speaking of announcements and stuff like that, I saw this on uh, Drudge Report this morning. Uh in Louisiana the other day, a uh, young lady decided that she no longer wanted to work at uh, Walmart. She was uh, <laughs> I saw this. she was worn out with it, and uh, so she grabbed the PA system uh-huh. of the uh, of the store and made uh, the following announcement: Attention, Walmart shoppers and associates. My name is Beth from Electronics. I've been working at Walmart for almost five years, and I can say that everyone here is overworked and underpaid. The attendance policy is bull s. We're treated from management and customers poorly every day. Whenever we have a problem with it, we're told we're replaceable. I'm tired of the constant gaslighting. This cus- this company treats their elderly associates like S. To Jared, our store manager, you're a pervert. <laughs> Greta and <laughs> yeah. Kathy, shame on y'all for treating our associates the way you do. I hope you don't speak to your families the way you speak with us. And then at the end, she finally said, F management and F this job, I quit. Yeah. yeah. Sing it, sister. And I bet everybody in the store completely applauded her. Oh, I bet they did. <laughs> I, I bet they did. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty awesome Yeah, yeah that she did it that way. Yeah, and That's she awesome. Posted, uh, posted the video on Facebook. There's actually, I got it, uh, mm. I got it here uh, on, a, on another website, but um, yeah, that's even, that's even better than that flight attendant who pulled the emergency chute. And jumped out of the plane. Because <laughs> they had just about enough. Yeah. I want to know more about Jared, the perverted manager. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to hear some stories. Yeah. I need some background on that one. Not another pervert named Jared. When I was uh, when I was 16, I worked at a McDonald's mm-hmm. in upstate New York. And they had this manager there who, you know, looking back now, those people looked so much older than you, but only because you were 16. Right. right. The guy was probably like 22 or 23. Yep. And he was the manager of the store. Manager the, or manager trainee? He was a manager. Plus, he had the name tag that said manager, which automatically ages you a year or two. He did. And he walked around with this air of arrogance. And I'm like, dude, like, I'm not trying to put down people who work in this industry, but you're really just a manager at McDonald's. It's not like you're some. Well, you're not chill. I I know I wasn't. Well, I then know maybe I you should show me some respect. And uh, he would go around and say these things that today you would be fired for immediately. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. And he would use the N word. And he was there was he was white. Nuggets? He was a white guy. Yeah, nuggets was the word. <laughs> I believe it's Mac Nuggets. Nugget, please. No, I mean, but he used to he used to use the N word like, and I'm like, what? Wh- why? What? You're not like you know from the city. You're you're from yeah. the cow country Does, here. Did Mayor McCheese know he was talking like this? I don't think Mayor I would Mc- never have put him in that kind of position. Yeah, Mayor McCheese would have never have stood for that. I kind cannot of thing. believe we have a racist working for us. But I can see this woman's frustration. 
with with a manager oh, sure. who's a jerk. Absolutely. A pervert. Know, up and He's apparently for the last five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mayor Dominic Sarno was not commenting Monday on three city councilors' proposal to give COVID-19 service bonuses to school employees, including teachers. Merit pay of up to $5,000 per individual has already been awarded to numerous non-bargaining and union employees, including patrol officers and police supervisors. The bonuses are funded through a federal COVID-19 relief program. The total numbers of employees and cost has not yet been released by the city as bargaining continues with other unions, including the one representing firefighters. Sarno on Friday proposed extending the bonuses to school nurses and tradespeople, which prompted the proposal for teacher bonuses from counselors Tracy Whitfield, Victor Davila, and Justin Hurst. In a letter Friday evening, the three counselors urged Sarno to enter into collective bargaining negotiations with the representatives of all school department employees deemed ineligible by your administration for this so-called merit pay and determine which employees are eligible and for what amount. Well, it's an interesting argument. Uh, you know, you did have people uh, modifying their schedules to make oh, yeah. sure that these kids were being taught having, and going to school. Having seen it in action in my own home, i got to tell you, uh, she worked harder than I've ever seen her work as a teacher. So, yeah. I haven't, I haven't followed this enough to understand um, how they're doing it with non-bargaining employees versus how they're doing it with collective bargaining employees. It, it just uh, well, not everybody in the school is under is operating under the same union. Well, but nevertheless, it seems to me like if if they're all doing the same job and they're all working differently because of the pandemic, they all deserve the pay. Right. If to they're separated by unions, that's what I'm not understanding. Well, not everybody in a school is a teacher, obviously, but you also have people who are, you know, uh, you know, lunch ladies and and office personnel and custodial staff. I mean, you know, those people are operating under different unions if they're unionized at all. So, you know, if it's a matter of giving teachers the bonus, it's a collective bargaining issue, and they have to deal with it that way. So, I mean, yeah, to be honest, having seen what teachers had to go through last year, uh, and not just in Springfield overall, you know, I mean, a little appreciation would go a long, long way. That 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 you want to talk well, about. You know, a profession with lots of burnout. There's one right there. I don't think the issue is about uh, a lack of appreciation. That This is what I'm talking about. It it's just seems confusing about which union or non-union can we give this money to at this time versus who do we have to bargain with first. I mean, it seems to me like eventually uh, I would think everybody's going to get some of this money. Uh, it's just, again, it's a simple matter of who you have to go to first and in what order and why. Uh, it's confusing. A man in Pennsylvania named Joseph Sobel Whiskey was a, uh, at a convenience store recently and noticed a sign advertising 20-ounce Mountain Dew bottles, two for $3. He grabbed one, threw $2 on the counter, and walked out. That would indicate that he did not pay the full price for the two bottles. They were two for three dollars, right? Yeah, mm. but apparently, well, gra- I'm sorry, you grabbed two of them. Yeah, okay. But apparently, you needed to buy two to get the discount. A single bottle was two twenty nine and not a dollar fifty. So he shorted the store twenty nine cents plus tax, or forty three cents total. Bastard. The store called police. They tracked him down. Joseph Char- was charged with a felony and was locked up on a fifty thousand dollars cash only bond. That's a there's a Mountain Dew felony out there. He's Is facing the he... possibility of three to seven years in prison. Is wow. he black? I don't know if he is or not, but it seems very extreme. It's extremely to charge extreme. Somebody with a felony for a twenty-nine cent short. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's that's something wrong with the law, the way the law is written. But the way it's applied is a different story, and that's why I ask about his race because you know, oftentimes the law is not applied equitably. Well, it is a felony because this is his third theft okay. charge, yeah, and the state has go. a three strikes law. His first conviction was more than twenty years ago for stealing a tank of gas. His second was back in 2011 when he stole a $40 pair of shoes from Kmart. Well, I'm glad it's that and, and not that, you know, you know, stealing soda would be a, a felony. Because uh, otherwise, I mean, there's got to be people like in a, on a rap, you know, you know, in prison because they, they took too many tabs. The, the, the laws about these laws that, you know, bring stuff up from 20 years ago. Yeah. I'm not really a fan of that either. Because... This is not a case of him stealing per se. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's him not understanding the discount. This is a guy who goes, well, if they're two for three, they must be $1.50. So he grabs $2 and he throws it on the counter and walks out the store. Now, he did not do it properly. You really should wait for mm -hmm. the transaction to complete. Right. Yes. Which is why I am suspect of his intentions. <sighs> and it sounds like he did do this intentionally. Um I, I just hate it. I, you know, you got to ask <coughs> all the time if uh, if these items are th two for ten dollars. Does that mean each one is five dollars? Well, no. If you only buy one, it's six fifty. It's like, well, well, how am I supposed? I got to do math now. But they have to say that in the advertisement that you have to buy two of these. In, order in, to in get the advertisement, the or I mean, what about the sign in the store? That's what I mean. It has to say it on there. You must buy two in order to get the deal. Yeah, and uh, you know, to be honest, uh, you just shouldn't just assume and put your money down. You wait until the uh, the cashier well, tells you what been, to pay. He might have been in a hurry. He might have been, but couldn't wait like two or three seconds for the cashier to say, "I'm sorry, that'll be a oh, buck fifty. Two or three could have been fifth in line. When you use like your grocery store card, like yeah, big, that's what I'm getting at. Your big wine yep. or your stop and shop or mm -hmm. whatever uh, Shaw's, yeah, uh, yep. communal Hennefords, uh, Hennefords, uh, uh, <laughs> the A and P, A and P, the food mart, super food mart, <laughs> the Piggly Wiggly, the Piggly Wiggly, the any number, giant. yeah, any number of those places <laughs> that you use. I believe now I could be wrong about this. But if it's like a buy one, get one free deal or buy two, two for five, let's just say. Yeah. And that product is normally $3 a piece. If you only buy one, I do believe you get the discount yeah. for the one item. I, I think know. you do, think which you do. is why I'm saying, you know, sometimes you do and maybe sometimes you don't. And you got to have to, it's on you to go find out for each item. That doesn't seem, I don't want to have to work that hard for these cookies. Yeah, I don't want to have to work that hard either. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I'm using my 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 card at the Kroger Win Dixie or sure. the Food Giant <laughs> or Publix or Fazio's or Food Fair, Food Giant. <laughs> by the way, I was watching. Uh, so uh, there's a what is it? Oxygen, I think. Oxygen is basically uh, now just crime shows. You know, a lot of Datelines, uh, things like that. But there's another show I, I watched the first episode last night, and I was like, oh, my God, please. It's called Ice Cold Murder because Ice T is the host. Ah. Yeah. This Very son good. of a bitch is yeah. ice cold. Yeah, he's freezing. But, um, yeah, so so they were doing a story of, uh, of a guy who killed his wife or had his wife killed, and uh, she worked at 
And it was kind of weird because I've seen this before down south. Uh, Food Giant has the same logo as Stop and Shop. The same color, the same shape. It's the same company. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, it, it's it's the same company. So they, it's just for some reason, in some places it's known as Stop and Shop, and in other places it's known as Giant Food. Well, that's like, uh, it's like Hellman's. Yeah, you know, you know, like uh, on the eastern part of the country, it's it's called Hellman's. On the western part of the country, it's called Best Foods. Really? Yeah, it's not Hellman's everywhere, hmm. but it's the same stuff, same company, different labeling. Hey, I like that. I know, makes you think. Well, I'd live to see the day. Yeah, I had all those uh, triple coupons from A and P Super Food Mart that never got uh, cashed in yeah. because they closed. Mm-hmm. See what and happens then, when you wait. And then uh, Safeway was going to honor all of those, yeah. and uh, then they closed <laughs> up shop too. Nothing's been the same since Waldbaum's. Or the Edwards that was over here on North Main Street years ago, which is now the Stop and Shop. Where things used to be. Well, remember we were talking about those stores that were dairy marts and then they turned them into daily, daily marts? Mart, yeah. yeah. What yeah. was that all about? Was uh, that just I trying think, to keep... I think that was a shortage. Uh, I think that was a, an R shortage. Was it trying to keep the name... Close. Like, like the brand close? Yeah. Because yeah. uh, Dairy Mart is out of business, right? Right. The Daily uh, Mart is out of business. No, the Dairy, Dairy Mart. Dairy is Mart is? Daily Mart yeah. is the one that's uh, yeah, still in business. The Dairy Mart, uh, the, all their corporate offices were in Enfield years ago. And, oh. uh, and they're gone. I'll be damned. Well, uh, we don't have any more time for Where Stuff Was that's on the Bax and O'Brien program. Your Pioneer Rally. this whole show is. Is where stuff yeah, was. Exactly. Yeah. Coming up next hour, we'll talk about where old steakhouses were. We don't. Oh, <laughs> valleys. I loved valleys. I miss the sizzler. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast, which is brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee, going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 74. Tomorrow, rainy again with a high of 74. It's 51 right now in downtown Springfield. Next time you're at the beverage cooler, look for the black and white can. It's Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. And it's velvety smooth and never bitter because Fogbuster is air-roasted. Look for the black and white can now at every Big Y Express, and that's your Fogbuster forecast and the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Cadence Inc. Everything you can find. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 756 and Pat Benatar on Rock 102. Rock 102 and Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements are giving you a chance to win a pair of tickets to see New England take on Tampa in Foxborough Sunday, October 3rd, the biggest game of the year. And rock102.com is where you need to go to sign up for your chance to win. We'll choose a winner on September 30th. Your chance to win tickets to New England in Tampa. Brought to you by Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. You know, if you're in a fight for your life, I can see where you can hopefully maybe have the wherewithal to say to yourself, look, I know if I don't kill this guy, he's going to kill me. So I got to kill somebody. And then, uh, you know, hopefully when you realize later you did it in self-defense, you, you know, you can live with yourself. But um, the idea of killing somebody, do you think you could kill somebody because of a family member's death? Uh, no. So the more I see this story about this Gabby uh, Petito um, the more I say to myself, I, I don't understand how her father does not go over to the house because Gabby and, and uh, the boyfriend live together in the house of his parents. And, and in fact, the FBI showed up yesterday, raided the house. They took, uh, they took a car out of the driveway. Um, 
you know, and supposedly the kid, the the, the male half of this uh, couple is missing as well. And, and but for the days that he returned from the, the trip alone to the point where a body was found and still has not been identified, but they are saying for all intents and purposes, it's her. Um, I just, I don't know how the father didn't go over there and either kill the kid or mess up his parent because his parents are clearly not cooperating with the police either. And and, uh, man, I just, I don't know. I don't know how you hold yourself together like that. Well, I think it, it it depends a lot on the individuals involved. You know, we've seen you know, firsthand, you know, people who have been in similar situations mm-hmm. that, that, you know, all they wanted was the legal justice. Right. You know, they didn't want revenge. They didn't want to, you know, exact uh, pain or injury or death on the person responsible for killing somebody. That's not what they wanted. You know, you know for them, uh, you know, that would not have been... A satisfying result. Yeah, that's true, but the the circumstances were a little bit different. A suspect was identified relatively quickly, quickly, and then taken no, into I, custody shortly after. I understand. I understand that, but 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 whether the circumstances are the same or or different, people's reactions to this sort of thing vary quite greatly, and mm-hmm. not everybody is consumed with a uh, uh, like a revenge, like a physical revenge of of violence but see, not always, where, it's not always an eye for an eye that's where i create the difference when the body i, I this was on that ice tea show last night the guy uh, spent 10 years in prison before he finally coughed up where he buried his wife i mean if if you know that your loved one is dead and you want the peace of mind of having the body back and burying someone and you know that person knows where they are that seems like a different level of anger and a, and a different level of, uh, of uh, vengeance. Sure. I, I, but again, you know, some people are not, just not prone to that kind of vengeance, mm. you know, and, and it, it doesn't mean that their their rage and their anguish or their grieving is any less. It just means they have chosen to deal with it because their coping mechanism may be different. If I were the father, I'd be taking out that whole load of laundry. It's 8 o'clock with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Save yourself 30%. And And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, I don't know if any of you people have been keeping track of the time like I do, but the Red Sox are about to finish their regular season in about two weeks. They got the Mets tonight and tomorrow. They got three games at home this weekend against the Yankees, and then they close out their regular season on the road against Baltimore and then the Nationals, and that's it. Then the regular season is done. Now, if you had to ask me three weeks ago where they thought the Red Sox had a chance of making the playoffs, I would have laughed in your smug little face for asking such a ridiculous question. But as it turns out, if the season ended today, which it is not, they would be facing somebody else in a one-game playoff, most likely Toronto. And while that sounds terribly exciting, I can assure you that we ain't there yet. You see, there are four teams looking for two wildcard spots. There's us with a record of 86 wins and 65 losses. There's Toronto with 84 wins and 66 losses. There's the Yankees with 84 wins and 67 losses. And then there's Oakland with 82 wins and 68 losses. Now, 
do you see what's going on here? You have four teams all separated within four games of each other. The Red Sox still have 11 games left to play. Three of them are against the Yankees, who are only two games behind the Red Sox in the wild card standings, and Toronto are only a game and a half behind the Red Sox. Granted, the Red Sox have won five games in a row, but the problem with the five-game winning streak is that at some point, it's going to end, and it would be my preference for that losing streak to end when it no longer has an impact on the wild card standings. Am I asking for too much? I mean... Baltimore and the Nationals have already fallen way out of playoff contention, but the Mets and the Yankees, I'm not really comfortable with either one of those situations. Nevertheless, the bottom line is this. The next two weeks may be the most important two weeks the Red Sox have faced all season, and while some of you might be done with baseball, this is a critical time because if the Red Sox can't weasel their way into the playoffs, then it'll be somebody else's job to get blown out in the World Series. And I happen to prefer that if anyone's going to get crushed in a seven-game series, that it be us instead. But hey, enough of my yappings. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Take care of your tools. Get a Craftsman 5-Drawer Rolling Toolbox on sale at Rocky's for $160 and get a 63-piece Craftsman Mechanics Tool Set free. Step up your tool game at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 813 and Queen with David Bowie and Rock 102. Uh, sunshine and clouds this morning and then clouds in the afternoon, but dry. A high of 75. Tomorrow going up to 75, but probably rain most of the day. It's uh, 53 in downtown Springfield. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I like to learn things. Why don't you do it more often? Uh, you know, uh, I, I try to pace myself, too, because I don't want to learn too much. Yeah, you, you don't want, like, a cluster of an education. No, no, not at all. Um, so so I'm uh, paying attention. I'm, I'm also a big fan of nature. I love nature. I'm all about the nature. And, um, you know, watching the news uh, every night, these uh, fires out in California now are threatening the sequoias. Now, when I went out to California one time, and I've only been there twice, um, one of the times I wanted to see uh, one of these trees because I was always amazed by the the pictures you'd see on TV or the videos, you know, mm-hmm. with a person standing at the foot of one, and, and they barely even reach the, the top of the bottomest root. That's how big these things are. Right. Some of them, they actually drill, <coughs> they actually create uh, tunnels. To drive cars through the middle of them. That's, yes, that's how right. big they are. These are big redwoods. Mm-hmm. Sequoias. And uh, they're they're being threatened by these fires. And in some cases, they are wrapping the uh, bottom, bottomest part of the trunk in fire retardant uh, like foil. It looks like a bunch of aluminum foil being wrapped around the bottom of the trunks. The uh, The funny thing is... Uh, I, I started to uh, research a little bit here on uh, Google, and the bark that they have is about three feet thick. It's a lot of bark. This is in order to protect them from forest fires, making that aluminum wrapping almost seem unnecessary. But the weirdest part is this is 12 facts about sequoias. Uh they depend on forest fires for regeneration. 
I mean, these, some of these trees are thousands of years old, mm-hmm. and to lose them would seemingly uh, be horrible. And yet, they depend on forest fires for regeneration, not of the tree itself. Uh, the, the sequoia depends on forest fires for propagation of seeds and continuation of the generation. Well, I mean, you think about it. You know, not every forest fire is is man made. You know, a lot of it could be you know lightning. You know, you know lightning strikes. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, d- trees become diseased. Mm-hmm. Uh, they f- you know they fall just you know naturally and and Do they make a sound know, if nobody's there. Sometimes, at least uh, as far as I know, but you know the you know the wood breaks down and you know regenerates the soil with nutrients that it needs. I mean, you know, forests have you know, been around forever because that's what they do. They just, they regrow. They, they repropagate. Do you sometimes have to clean your ass after you talk out of it? What's the problem? <laughs> just, when, when did you become a sequoia expert, Yule Gibbons? That's just basic forestry. It nothing to do with... Uh, basic forestry? Where did you take basic forestry? I grew up in a forest. You grew up in a forest? Yes. Oh, for the love of what Pete. Do you th- what do you think Rehoboth is? City uh. streets and sidewalks? We don't even have a we don't even have a McDonald's. There's no there's there's no uh there's nothing going on there. It's all I grew up in a forest. You grew up in a forest. Yes. Was there a girl out there with a little red cape on and a and a picnic basket? No. Going to her grandmother's house? No, they kept getting lost in the forest. Did you ever have run-ins with wolves who threatened to eat you? What's your problem? I I just I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, you, apparently, you don't. It, you know, you just assume that uh, I'm just talking out my ass, and I'm telling you, you know, these are the things we learned in the school about what happens in a forest. I was paying attention that day. You that day? Yeah, that day. Who knows what you missed the day after? Listen, or the day before. Back when I was in middle school, uh, the Audubon Society would come in and they would teach a class like once a week, a driving class. Audubon, not the Autobahn. The oh. Audubon Society is all about nature, yeah. and uh, they would teach a class. They would talk about forests and 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 you know you know how things ha- we work in, in in nature, and that's and those were one of the things they were talking about. So am I talking on my ass? Not entirely. Not entirely. Not about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because of your vast foresting education. I'm not sitting here saying I'm a uh, an animal husbandry expert. I don't know everything about Look, everything, but I, I know enough about some things. some things. All right, but yeah, I'm right. not accusing you of bestiality. Enough with the That husbandry. has nothing has nothing to do with bestiality. Husbandry? No. It's, it's, it's hard to imagine. I the, should have been there on yet, that day, too. And yet I'm the one talking yeah. out my ass. <laughs> oh, boy. So what else? Well, I don't know. You're the one who would want to talk about sequoias. I mean, well, I, know, uh, I thought I we were going to... Now it doesn't really carry... <laughs> Why? Because uh, you were not the expert? Uh, hey, the Big E might break attendance records, they're saying. Yes. That's oh. a, that's an amazing uh, an amazing thing to say three days in. Well, they're, on, they're certainly on pace. Hey, is uh, Joey Chestnut coming into town? Joey Chestwood. Chestnut. 
No, Joey Chitwood. No, I'm talking about the hot dog eating guy. Oh, I'm talking about the race car driving. Guy. I'm not. No, he's dead. Isn't he dead? I think I Joey Chit Joey Chitwood Jr. I th well, there there may be, but there hasn't been racing at the Big E in a long, long uh, time. I'm asking because Joey Chestnut just broke uh, the world record for the tenth time hmm. on eating bratwursts in uh, Cincinnati. You know, and, and every year to the the Big E for like the last couple of years, you know, he would come in, they do a hot dog eating contest, he'd crush everybody, and then uh, he ate sixty eight bratwursts in ten minutes. It's just unfathomable. This guy's one of the greatest American heroes, right there. He's gonna die at one of those things. You know, he's, he's gonna, gonna choke to death. He's he just started a TikTok channel, mm -hmm. and it shows him uh, like training for these events. You know what it takes to be a competitive eater. You know mm -hmm. he's you know he, he eats healthy most of the time, but then when he's when when it's time to really focus on what he's doing, it's like this Tom Brady style regimen that he he undertakes. Yeah, but he could still he could still choke. I mean, you know, one wrong bite. Sure, uh, cuz he's trying to swallow more often than chew. True, but he's also a professional. No, he does he does chew. Oh, I'm sure he does chew, but he's his concentration is on the swallow. Yeah, as it should be for some people. Yes, but he even he knows that you know you you have to I mean, you have to be careful. You can't mm. just go in there irresponsibly. Yeah, but I mean, if all of a sudden you look over to your left or your right and you see the the guy next to you is catching up, and you got to start chewing and swallowing faster. You might make a mistake, and the next thing you know, I mean, I'm I, I got to believe he's got a person with him at all times who knows the Heimlich. Oh yeah, no, they all do. I mean, yeah. there's always like EMTs on on the scene of these things, just mm. in case there's a problem. But you know, like a bratwurst is is you know thicker than a hot dog. It's a little bit harder to harder to chew to to pack down. But 68 in 10 minutes, you know, for a while, 68 was what he was topping off at with hot dogs. Now he's over 70. But, man, that guy is an inspiration. But, yeah, they might, uh, they believe they might break an attendance record. That's, uh, I don't know if that's something you should be proud of. I mean, uh, I'm looking at the photo here from Mass Live. And it looks like a, it's hard to see all the faces, but it looks like a minority of these people are wearing masks. Well, those are the outdoor areas though, right? This particular shot is, yes. And, yeah. the, and actually the two people wearing masks, one has a cane and the other has a walker. <laughs> Again, if, I had, so. if I had pre-existing conditions, of which, uh, which you know, old age might be one of them, mm -hmm. not so sure I'd go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those are not the acrobats from the Big East Circus. It's 822 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. The McDonald's breakfast is 102. So I finally got that uh, the flyer for the uh, reunion this weekend. Yes. Uh, it's actually being called the Alumni Rock Festival. An Alumni Rock Festival. So it's not really a reunion. Fermi and Enfield High School 70s and 80s Alumni Reunion Gathering. That is a lot of redundancy. Uh, it is Saturday, this Saturday. Uh, doors open at 4 at the Enfield Legion Pavilion. I believe that's the American Legion Pavilion. And, well, well, what else would it be? Uh, that's uh, Yeah, I mean, especially since they got the address here. Uh, the darkest, boldest lettering on the entire uh, poster is BYOB. 
Now, that is not someone who's related to me. Wait a minute. Their initials. You're at an American Legion? I know. I, and, this is why I'm reading And it's this. a BYOB? It's BYOB. Now, here's another part I don't get. It also says, it says BYOB uh, dash tailgate dash live music all day dash $20. And uh, as I mentioned, Johnny Six Gun is playing two other bands, uh, Soapstone, uh, Soapstone, I believe is what it's called, and Midlife Crisis. Spelled C R Y S I S. Uh huh. Uh, but I don't know what the tailgate means. Someone's cooking hot dogs. That's probably what that means. Well, the problem is, is that the 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 lawn area of this place is set down below the road, and uh, and I believe there is a parking lot back there. And, and whether or not you know it's actually going to be that. Everybody can park their cars and then open the trunk or open the back of the truck and set up. I, I don't know. I don't know. But BYOB. You know, anytime I've been to any of them social organizations, whether it be uh, like the Elks or the Moose Lodge or, you know, any. ITAMS. Exactly. Yeah. It's what? never been a BYOB. <laughs> What's it's that? always been you go there yeah. because there's yeah. cheap booze on the inside. Yeah. Or some kegs. Wh- which American Legion is this? Uh, the Enfield Legion. Yeah, I was just there. I did an event there the other night. Mm-hmm. They have a pavilion back there. Yeah, I know. Uh, it, it says it right. Enfield Legion Pavilion. Yeah, and there was people having a party there. I wasn't part of that one, but yeah. there was people having a party outside. So mm-hmm. I, it didn't look like they even had a bar set up in there. So it just looked like a p- picnic pavilion. So that's why the BYOB. Probably, and they probably have to get a special permit in order to do that. I'm just I'm just double checking to see if it's the one I think it is. It is. It is. It's exactly what I thought it was, and uh, and I thought again I have not been inside the place in quite some time, but I thought they did have a bar inside the building downstairs. Yeah. Right. right. Okay. That's what I was thinking. But not mm. upstairs for the event hall either. Huh. They don't have a uh, a bar up there. Yeah. Well. B Y O B. Wow. Well, good luck with that. They're they're already putting together what sounds like a whole hell of a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Tailgate and BYOB. Did Johnny Sixgun go to uh, Enfield Fermi? Uh, He went to Fermi. He went to Fermi. Well, I mean, Johnny Sixgun is the name of the band. Uh, Billy Gaines. There is a Johnny. Billy Gaines is the the lead singer, and he keeps referring to the original member as Johnny Sixgun. Oh, so there was a guy named Johnny. But yeah, he's no but longer part of the band. I think he still is. I think he's uh, I think he's the guitar player. I mean, that's kind of weird that you have call yourselves Johnny Sixgun and not one of those guys is named Johnny. Oh, I know. Hey, well, well Leonard Skinner didn't have a single guy named Lenny. Le- Led Zeppelin skinny. had nobody named Led. Or Skinny. Right. Yeah. Day 29. News is next to Rock 102. September means fall in New England. It's 832 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Serview Locksmith. They got a key for that. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Court is now back in session at the Roderick Ireland Courthouse in Springfield after the building was closed last month due to a mold issue. We're all here and I don't feel uncomfortable, said Hamden County Clerk of Courts Laura Gentile. Gentile said the building has been deemed safe, but there is still remediation going on. Yeah, I don't know about that. But it's perfectly fine. All of a Please. sudden, you're just fine? Well, maybe. You think someone was telling her, hey, mate, you're going to tell everybody it's fine. 
Well, I I don't know. I mean, she is the she's the boss, but um, is the uh, DA saying it's fine? Uh, she went on to say, I would say there are probably some areas that still have mold on them. Uh, yeah, to be truthful, whenever I see something, I make sure I contact the head of facilities and get it addressed imminently. 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 Immediately. Hmm. No, imminently. Imminently. Is what she's... That's what, faster what they're than immediately. Yes, uh, but that was not the case from what we heard from some people that work there. Right. That that doesn't get addressed right away. Right. Mm. Matter of fact, they... In order to hide the black mold, they painted black paint on the vents what so did, you wouldn't see it. Where are you getting this from? Where am I getting what from? The story. Uh, this is from Western Mass News. Okay. Yeah. Does it say anything about uh, the DA? No, it does not. Okay. I don't think they interviewed the DA for this story. Mm. Uh, but Western Mass News is getting answers for you, except the important ones. Well, We're told yeah. that the majority of the jury duty proceedings are going to be at the Springfield Courthouse, but as far as other proceedings, uh, Gentile said the grand, ju- grand jury is still meeting out there, so that will be something to re- uh, reconvene tomorrow or the next day, but for the most part, they're doing things there. Now, I'm looking at their website all of a sudden, and I'm seeing long lines at Eastfield Mall COVID testing site. Mm-hmm. So that's not the jury pool line. Because no. I haven't seen a single word about whether or not they have resumed court work out at the Eastfield Mall because that also was having uh, a mold issue. Well, didn't didn't we uh, didn't we read a story last week that said that they were still cleaning up and yeah. that it would be this week when yeah. they would open up? Right, and that's what I mean. So at this point, I would think we'd be hearing about an exact date of when they'll be reopening, but we're still not getting that. Or they're still not getting that. Maybe they're still not getting that. So the long line is for the testing site. It is not for jury pools. Yeah, I heard that uh, testing site is getting backed up again. Yeah. Because a lot more people are getting exposed. and Mm -hmm. uh, About an hour and a half wait from what I heard yesterday. Damn. Uh, South Hadley officials are about to hold another meeting in response to the substantial mold found throughout the high school building. Actually, they had the meeting last night. But this story wasn't updated, even though the Western Mass News said the meeting was set to begin at 6.30 p.m. Western Mass News will bring you the latest information as it becomes available. It has not become available. It has yet. not become available. It is still just 14 hours since. I believe Dan Brown fell asleep during mm-hmm. the meeting. <laughs> yeah. what? Uh, what? Oh, it's over? But now? It's 11 o'clock. I got a post. I'll wait till tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, no update on, on whether uh, when that school is going to be opening. I thought they had said Thursday. Uh, the first day of online learning began Thursday and is scheduled to end tomorrow. Oh, began last Thursday. Yeah. Oh, okay. But you're right. It could be Thursday mm-hmm. for the opening. But that all has to be tested before they let people back in the building. I would think so. I would think so. And the uh, the Big E is on track uh, to break... Uh, attendance records. The Big E recorded its busiest opening weekend Sunday in 13 years, and Friday was its third best-attended opening day ever as the fair reopened after a year-long shutdown due to COVID-19. The second photo that I'm looking at of uh, people walking near or on the Avenue of States, uh, there is only one man who has a mask on, and it's around his neck, Mm. and it appears to be the one moment he was not eating uh, based on the size of him. Yeah, but you don't need um, the mask outside. Right. Mm. Right. Um, do we have... See, I haven't been, so it's hard for me to uh, know this for sure. Do we have any statistics about how many people are actually following 
the uh, the indoor mask from what rules. I from what I saw on uh, social media the other day, there was somebody who went and they were talking about how it wasn't that bad. Most for the most part, people were wearing masks, but there were people not wearing masks in the building and not eating or drinking while doing so. Hmm. Uh, but there was nobody really enforcing that because you really can't. Who? Are you gonna start kicking people out? I don't know, man. I mean, Probably. If, if I'm, well, I've already got their money. I don't know if I've ever been in the Big E where I wasn't eating at least something. Well, that's what I mean. This guy here uh, with the mask around his chin, he looks like every moment he's awake, he's eating something. Because he ran out of money. Because he's yeah, he might have done that. Yeah, that's the only um, time I stop eating. But I tell you what, I just took a picture of the picture. So that I could blow it up to see this uh, young lady. Yeah. Oh wow, man. Woo. Well, she got a mask on. Listen no, to you being a creepy old not. man. She has a very nice tight sweater on. Though. Uh yeah. Now what? Where are you finding this? Uh, this would be on Mass Live. On the attendance story. Yep. Uh, down uh, down a little bit. Not the top <sighs> picture. Now we look at the it's hot one picture. Now. Yeah. Well, you got to take a picture of the picture so you can. Although it's very pixelated when you do it that way. But you see her there. See you there in the middle of the the very middle of the photo. Oh, no, I got. I'm take not a actually finding the story at all. Huh? It's pretty far down. In the by now. middle of the photo. Yeah, it's a photo of uh, Avenue Estates. You can see the words uh, "dog treats" on one of the signs. Oh, dog treats. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You see that? Oh yeah, I see what you're talking yeah. about there. Yeah, right there. Hey huh? now. Yeah. Hey now, rack them up. Yeah. Oh rack yeah. Up. <laughs> rack I hear what up. you're saying. Yeah, that's a titillating photo. Yes, it is. It is very titillating. I'm glad this is what we got out of this story. Yeah, yes, well, well you know, you know, good for the big E. Was the, hot, the important ones. Was Whoop. the hot chick with the uh, nice sweater? Looks very natural too. Yes, yes, they do. Yeah, they she are, does. They are real, real and, and they, they are, are spectacular. spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the line I was trying to look for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they uh, they had the uh, the big numbers. Gene uh, Gene Cassidy said, "I didn't expect the numbers to be quite this high." He predicted relatively low attendance for Monday. We're somewhere in the 52,000 range. That's good for a day when most folks head back to work and school. Early week business uh, might be better this year as customers avoid busy weekends and go for less crowded days. Well, it's going to take more than a pandemic to to keep people away from uh, those Tom Thumb donuts. Well, it looks like she has not had too many Tom Thumb donuts. We're still stuck on that chick. Sure, right. I'm staying there. Good for you. Mm Mm-hmm. The uh, police in Ludlow made 51 arrests, including 11 domestic assault-related arrests within 37 days. Jeez. That's a busy department. You wonder how many people they did not arrest. Yeah. You know, people that they could have and they chose not to. It says uh, from August 9th through the September 14th, there was 2,173 calls. So, yeah. Yeah, but not every one of those could have been uh, a criminal call. It could have been medical calls. Mm -hmm. I believe they... Respond to medical calls. Well, yeah, there's 21,000 people in Ludlow, so do the math. How many uh, people were left? Quite a few. All right, still. Yeah. So they can't, they can't They can't arrest all of you. 51 of those arrests came on the night of Festa. Really? Now, that I believe. No, oh, I don't know. Right, I'm, no. Just, I'm just saying. No, yeah. Festa was a very peaceful celebration. What are you talking about? Don't they overturn cars and light things on fire after that thing is over? At mm, Festa? Not that one, no. No. Which they did one? that the other night at, uh, at UMass. They were protesting uh, one of these uh, soror- uh, fraternities, rather, mm-hmm. and uh, for some type of, uh, I haven't read the whole story yet, for some type of sexual assault or sexual, yeah, I believe it's sexual assault. And um, 
so they were demonstrating outside the house, and eventually it turned into a tipping over of a car. Yeah, but that's pretty typical, you know, college type of gathering. You know, whether it's like a celebration of a national championship or, you know, a big win or, you know, the, the Hobart hoedown. Something's getting turned upside down, and something's going to get burned. I, I just, you know, turning a car upside down. I never did that. I always uh, wanted to do that. I never did that either. I never I, I was never I was never president one. I well, mean, how many people does it take? Obviously, it depends on the car, but, you know, it's a car. What are you doing? Well, to do it easily, you say how many people does it take? Usually about six. I don't know To do it easily. Yeah, six is pretty good. Yeah, I don't think six people can tip a car. Four on one a, side, two at the ends, you can flip over a car. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's easy, but you can do it. You just got to get one of them strong men on your team. You need one, yeah, one real strong guy. Or it's one of them Toyota Yaris's. Yeah, I mean, you're not doing a Buick here. You, I mean, you could probably you know flip over a smart car with like three guys. Which is not smart. No. Two people are dead after a man apparently jumped from a Yonkers, New York building Monday in an apparent suicide and struck another man below. Oh, man. A 25-year-old man jumped oh. from the roof and fell 12 stories onto a parking garage roof where he hit a 61-year-old man, citing, uh, police said, citing preliminary information. Both men died at the scene. Their identities were not released. The uh, police imagine? police said the incident appears to be a tragic situation and the investigation is ongoing. The city of Yonkers and Yonkers Police Department offers its sincere condolences to the families of both men. Now, who in a horrible time like this uh, would be responsible for? I can't help but feel <laughs> that the parking garage is somewhat <laughs> responsible for this death. In April in San Diego, a 29-year-old woman was killed after a man jumped from a parking garage and struck her. That man also died. So it Jeez. does happen more often than not. It's a, you know, look, if you're going to kill yourself, uh, have at it. But but do us a favor and yell down clear. Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I mean, if you were playing golf, you'd at least yell four. I'm right? not looking up if you're using that voice. Yeah, but you know what? Even, Hello. If, even if somebody is yelling at you as they're falling. You know, your first instinct is to look up to go, what the hell is that coming down yeah. out of the sky? So yeah. you might not even have enough time. And if, you, if you're not careful, yeah. it's a giant ball of oil. Uh, this guy, you know, they probably get to, you know, the pearly gates in heaven. And the uh, guy said, hey, I told you I was coming down. And he's like, but people don't just fall out of the sky like that. Yeah, but, but when you, when people yell heads up, you don't actually look up. You walk out, you get out of the way. <laughs> Two gang members who attempted to enter Auckland, New Zealand with over $100,000 in cash and a car full of Kentucky Fried Chicken have been arrested. A, a police spokesperson said officers patrolling the back roads near Auckland's southern boundary had noticed a suspicious-looking vehicle traveling on a gravel road. Upon seeing the car, the vehicle did a U-turn and sped off trying to evade police, they said. The vehicle eventually pulled over and a police established they had been traveling from Hamilton trying to get into Auckland. The vehicle was searched and police located the cash along with empty ounce bags and large amount of takeout Kentucky Fried Chicken. Like a lot of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Like how much? Like six buckets worth. That's a lot and of Kentucky of the, Fried Chicken. And all, they have the Am picture. I crazy or is that a lot of chicken? That's they a have, lot of chicken. They have the picture of all the buckets of chicken with the fixins. They probably <laughs> thought, uh, you know, worst case scenario, if they get stopped by the cops, there might be a drug-sniffing dog. Mm. Let's see if we can throw them off with a, you know, all of this chicken. But they didn't get 
they didn't get charged with any drug possession. They just had empty ounce bags as if they were going to fill them with drugs, but no drugs were located. They weren't arrested for possession of drug paraphernalia? No. They were actually arrested for violating the COVID-19 protocols in Auckland. Sons of bitches. Both men aged 23 and 30 have been summoned to appear in court for breaching the health order. Further charges are likely. Uh, The police spokesperson said the pair were some of a small number of people who deliberately were flouting New Zealand's alert level restrictions. Ah, flouting. Well, because they uh, they probably don't have access to the KFC where they live. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to leave and go get some KFC. Yep, but they're flouters. You can't deny the colonel. That's finger licking good. No, that's true. Even the colonel has to follow the rules. Well, I don't know. The colonel's been dead for years. I mean, he, is, he doesn't have to follow any rules there now. several other colonels. I believe then. the colonel was the first to die of COVID. That's all right. I don't know if that's true. I think he died of old age. It's called Kentucky Fried COVID. Chicken. It's chicken. I thought the C was COVID. No. Acronym. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today, mostly sunny with a high of 74 tomorrow. Uh, not so sunny, mostly rain throughout the day, high of 75. It is 56 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Munson Savings Bank is here to help make your dream.